Hello beautiful people, welcome to another edition here on Catanation Studios, continuing the road to 100 podcast, which will be launching in November 11th, but I am here with Priscilla, and uh, Priscilla, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, how about, how about yourself? I've been doing good, um, a lot of work, uh, but you know, it's like, what what do you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So you and I met. Um. I don't even think we met at a uh, Mujeres Brew House during the mental wellness fair. I think we did because I was there. Yeah, but I don't know. If we interacted at all. I think we just saw each other, but I don't know. If we talked. I think so. I think it's like I am by like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. However, you were interviewed by Blanca not that long ago, and that's kind of what inspired this interview. Uh, to come so big shout out to Blanca for making this happen. Yes, I love her. So I just want to learn briefly a little bit about who are you and what is it that you do? Yes, so, like you mentioned, my name is Navidad. Um, she, her, her, stay them there. So I am from San Diego, California, and I consider myself to be an advocate act, and um, activist for... Um, Primarily the LGBTQIA communities, as well as the trans community, but as well as for folks, you know, living with HIV like myself, I've been, I've been living with HIV for 20 years. Um, so a lot of my work is tied in to my lived experience, like homelessness, mental health, um, human trafficking. Um, and I've been doing this work for 20 years. And um, I just pretty much got involved in the work without even wanting to. Uh, I was just thrown into into the work, and so I just learned to kind of like hone in like um, my lived experience, my survival experience, um, to do like the work that I do, and I'm very passionate um, to be able to to do the work that, um, that I do. And so now I focus a lot on like teaching, but like helping others also who want to get started in like activism or grassroots or you know whatever they want to do. Um, I just kind of like teach folks. Um, how to get started. Right. And you mentioned that in the beginning you didn't want to, but it's been 20 years and you've been keep being involved with the LGBTQ organizing nonprofit events. And I just want to learn because it's a lot of work and I'm barely starting off. So I just want to know what is it for you that makes you keep going and pursuing this? Um, individuals who come to me and ask me for help. Um, I'm currently helping out um, a friend of mine who I met while I was working at Walgreens because I asked for the security. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, he came to me and asked me for help. And so I helped him get a job. It's just individuals out there who really um, reach out to me for support. I feel like I'm always getting to the point in my life where I'm just ready to just like throw in the towel and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. But it is through folks, you know, out there that keep on reaching out to me every day, whether it's they need help with um, going to go get tested, whether it's help with like getting into treatment or if somebody's transitioning, you know, um, from male to female, female to male, or who needs hormones, who needs something, I feel like that is those are the individuals that really like keep me going because I feel like to me it's it's very simple. If if nobody else needs anything, then I feel like I'm done. Like okay, cool. Um, but you know, as long as as long as folks still keep on reaching out to me and asking for support, uh, I will still be doing the work that I'm doing. Because um, like you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that you have yourself have battled with HIV and depression, your mental health. And was that a huge take into why you wanted to do what you do? 
Yes, of course, because um, at least in my time in 2000 and in 2004, 2005, when I was diagnosed, there wasn't a lot of resources and services. And if there were, they were only geared to like gay men, right? Because a lot of services that your group as MSM men having sex with men. And so I I was either I was forced to either get into services as as a man having sex with men or not get into services, right? And so I kind of did a little bit of both because I just didn't really feel comfortable, you know, being grouped into like men having sex with men. Because you know, I'm a trans woman, a transgender woman. So I was like, you know, um, and so throughout the years, I was able to like coordinate um, services and um, resources for for um, LGBT folks, trans folks primarily, of course. Um, every year, I do the National Transgender HIV Testing Day, which is April 18th, where it's like a day to promote HIV testing within the LGBT, within the trans and non-binary community. Uh, this year, I received a proclamation from uh, Mayor Todd Gloria, uh, making it official. Um, so it was a big um, a big thing for me because I've been doing it for seven years, um, that specific event. Um, and every year I always think like, okay, maybe I don't need to do this event anymore. Maybe it's not needed, but to be able to be awarded with like five different awards for all my, you know, my commitment to the community uh, was really amazing. And it just really kept me like going and kind of like wanting to do more and continuing the work um, that, uh, that I've been doing. Yeah. And what is that event? Um, what you mind repeating the name? Yes, it's the National Transgender HIV Testing Day, which is April 18th. And it's a day that it is, um, it was put on by San Francisco. Um, that's how it started. I was part of like the planning process and everything. And so I just reached out to them and I asked them if I can bring it to San Diego. And so I've been the director of that event here in San Diego County um, the past seven years. So um, it's an event that I bring um, HIV awareness, like testing, um, PrEP, getting into, my, getting into treatment for the trans and non-binary community. And so uh, next month I'll start like planning, um, the planning committee, which is just me, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm planning it for next, next year. Um, I usually just do it myself and then I just put in the people in together and that's how I do my events. I usually work solo. You pretty much have had a great connection with the community of City Heights, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so I just want to learn about, like, you know, who did you contact? Who did you talk to to, you know, help you with this event and also help coordinate where you are today? Yes, so in City Heights, um, there is um, this coffee place called the Dojo Cafe um, that is run by a great um, drag performer, a great community activist. Her name is Tootie. And so she... And the Dutch Cafe sits on a, on a lot that is right down on Cajon Boulevard, across the street from the YMCA. And so um, she does a lot of events on, on, on that space. And so um, on Tuesdays, they were doing this event um, called Trans and Non-Binary Tuesdays. And so um, I reached out to her and I had asked her, you know, if, if I can use her space to, to do the event. And she was on board. She really liked the whole idea. She had heard a lot about me. I have heard a lot about her. So she already knew how, who I was. And she had known what the event um, stands for and what it, what the event is. And so once I was able to get the space, then the next part was reaching out to my connection, which was San Isidro Health. San Isidro Health has been the ones that have been out of all my Chevy testing events for the past seven years. They're like my ride or die. Um, I always invite them for all my events of the testing. And so then I just reached out to other organizations um, to come out and like um, have like a, like a resource booth, like, 
primarily, I focus a lot on organizations that are either run by or who are um, providing services for the trans community. And how has it been working uh, with the LGBTQ, knowing that you're a trans woman? And how has this like environment been like for you to be working with other people in uh, this community? It's been very amazing, honestly. Uh, the support has been very over- overwhelming. Like uh, it's it's my family, it's, it's my community. I always say there's no community without unity, um, and there's no community without community. Um, and I mean, I will be honest. In the beginning, it was a little bit difficult because um, there's a lot of like pockets of like um, different communities. Um, it's a niggle within the trans community, right? It's like that's not the Latinas, it's not las Morenitas, you know. Um, and so for me, I have always tried to not belong to one community. I'm like, I belong to like many communities, many circles, many like um, pockets, you know. Um, but, you know, I feel like one of the greatest things about me that a lot of folks in the community know is that I'm very loyal. Like, I am not just going to like stick to one community. I'm, I'm for the whole community. I represent the whole trans community um, when it comes to like services and resources. I don't try, I don't, I'm, I'm not biased. I try not, not to have like, um, how do you say, like um, favorites, like favoritism, um, none of that stuff. Um, if there's some drama going on, I, I remove myself from it um, because my main goal and objective have always been like providing resources and services that are adequate and equally to the LGBT community. And so folks know that. And so, um, you know, I, I get respected for it and I, treat people the, the same way that I get treated. It's, it's, I always tell people it's not a one-way street with me, it's a, it's a two-way street with me. That's very beautiful. And that's a lesson that I'm learning myself. I've worked with countless people in my community, not just in San Diego, but Barrio Logan, uh, City Heights, um, you know, even in Los Angeles. And uh, I've met a lot of great people. And it's amazing to know that, like, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to be the best. You just have to be the best in your heart. And then that's how people support you. Yes, honestly, you know, it's a good point. Everybody was, a lot of people that are starting or are in the work too, that they get stuck in that. And to me, it's like, I'm like, I the only person I can compete with is myself. And that's it. Like, you know, um, being like in the public media, being out there is very hard. Actually, I just had a conversation about this because I feel like, I have to always be one step ahead because then like my shit gets aired and I'm like, oh crap, like I need to come out and like, you know, um, you know, um back that up. Like, for example, I remember when I first was diagnosed, it was already out there in the in the social media before I even came out publicly about my status. And so now I always try to like try like if I say something or I do something that is gonna like um look bad in the community, I always come out and publicly like say something you know it's like okay look I'm human you know like I have my good days as well as my bad days but one thing that will never change is my loyalty to my community and the way that I I I do uh, my work exactly and when you stay loyal to your community and the partnerships that you make along the way that's what makes you succeed and to you it's clear to me that you basically succeeded by being who you are and just having a heart for what you do anything that was hard in like in the journey that you went through just having um there were times where i I was like discouraged because you know um i always like self-doubt myself and 
uh, I always think to myself, like, like, what am I doing? Like, like, should I do this? Should I not do that? Is it worth it? The way that I just did things is like, I'm just not going to think about it and just do it. Because if I feel that something is not right, then I'm going to speak up on it and I'm going to do what's right, right? Because it's for my community. How I have always done my work is that I just let um, the community um, guide me, right? They're like, they're, I'm like a vehicle and they're just driving me. And so that's just how I have always done my work. It's, if I feel that there's an injustice, then I'm going to do whatever is in my power to make to make the justice. And that's how I have been doing this for 20 years yeah yeah and um at one point um when you were diagnosed with hiv was there a point of thinking like oh maybe i'm not gonna survive and did you like ever imagine that this would be where you're at today no i um honestly i just never really thought that i was gonna like be here today but not just necessarily because of hiv but also the trans woman uh, you know, trans women get murdered all the time, you know. Um, and so the life expectancy for a trans woman is not really that that much. It's 34. I'm 36. So I've made it past two years. I'll be 37 in December. You know, so I, I I just never really I have always done my work if it's if it's my last day, right? It's how I live my life because um I just never know like when will be the end for me, like the end of the road. And so that's why um based because of that is how I live my life. Like I do everything that way when it's like my day comes, I don't have to say I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. Um I don't think like that. I just think like maybe I should do more, right? Or should I push myself? Um, I feel like I still have a lot left to do. And so um I just take risks and I take every opportunity that comes my way and I don't just sit on it and think about it. Um, but based on that is what really also has like uh, motivated me to continue to do what I do. And so, um, you know, and, and, and it's hard, like, you know, like um, I have a lot of like health issues and stuff. And so like I'm battling with, but I don't just, I don't let, I don't let that, um, me that's just very great and you know like i'll never like know but like i i've seen it like that it's sometimes it's tough you know for the lgbt community um to be seen in that light especially years from now now it seems like it's been a big drastic change and i've seen it with you i've seen it with 2d and i continue to see stuff like this for you guys and it's just been something beautiful to see and um where are you at today um i'm very um comfortable adjusted you know um in my personal life uh, as well as like in my like um activism and everything i feel like um i feel like i'm just waiting for like the green lights when it's like time and it's okay to kind of like step step down and or step back um i have like learned to kind of like uh, allow others to take the stand or to take like the pedestal or stage whatever you want to call it you know i i i share the stage you know if other you know newcomers want to like give it a try then i i allow them to do so and i help them out with that um because i know like there'll be a day when i'm just gonna like want to like retire from there um it's a lot of work uh it's like working tirelessly and endlessly like day and night like not sleeping and just you know, uh, but I do love like um, connections. I love like um, doing events and like promoting events and getting communities connected. So I feel like if anything, I will still try and, and do that, but focus more on that. 
I just want to focus on one thing because I feel like I do a lot and it feels very overwhelming. So once I'm able to hone in on one thing, then I feel like it'll be like much easier for me. Okay. And to everybody listening here, what advice, Priscilla, do you want to give to everybody who's listening right now? I, I would just say to do what's in your heart, what you want to do, um, and not just not care what people have to have to say. Um, I, I lost a lot of opportunities because of listening to people, what, or what they would say, you know. Um, and so now I just feel like, you know, talking to myself, when I was younger, I would just be like, just do it, you know, just uh, follow your heart, you know. Um, and life is about taking risks, right? It's, it's, it's how, I, how I feel. Um, you're not just going to live life just not knowing what's going, what's going to happen. Just do it and then you'll be like, okay, this is going to happen, you know. And that was Priscilla Vidal, everybody. I am so thankful that we got this story out. And uh, this was a great story. And Priscilla, I'm thankful that you came to the show and shared the story that you went through. So thank you, Priscilla, for this. And thank you to the Mental Wellness for Artists for introducing us. This was great. But before we wrap up, let's share something that Priscilla will be working on very soon. Yes, so... I'm going to be in a touring production of place um, for LGBT folks. It's for the LGBT community. Uh, it is the Playwrights Project, which um, it's been an honor to be hired to be an actor as well as a consultant. So I'm consulting with all of the playwriters and the actors, making sure that the plays are appropriate for the LGBT community, removing anything that's offensive. So I'm playing two hats. So I'm going to be playing um, a pencil. <laughs> so it's a it's a pencil that comes out as as trans and just wants to lead them they their true authentic self. So the play that I'm doing is gonna be at Wingnard um City Heights um annex at the theater over there. I forgot the dates, but it'll, I'll be I'll be on my social media. Um and then we're gonna be at the Diversionary Theater as well. Um we're gonna be in Carlsbad and then we're gonna be at Donovan Prison as well. Um one of the plays was written by um someone who was in prison. Uh, so a lot of the place talks about uh, like coming out as LGBT or trans uh, families and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, big shout out to Cecilia Puma, who is um, the the, uh, the director um, of Sarah's project. And so I worked with her before. And so I'm just really excited for that um, production. And so um, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to, to be a part of it. And that's going to wrap up what has been an incredible episode leading up to the Road to 100 podcast. Now, before I announce who's going to be next week's podcast, I should announce what's going on this Friday, the return of Cata Nation en Español. Ana Maria Serrano of Las Valientes is coming to Cata Nation en Español. Nos vemos el viernes. But then next Wednesday, we have a muralist who has been in the works to be on Cata Nation for a very long time, but now he is finally appearing on the show. Josue Baltazar comes to Cata Nation Studios next Wednesday. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. And never forget, we are Cata Nation. And that was another edition of Catanation Studios here on wearecatanation.buzzsprout.com. Make sure to check out other episodes on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And to follow me on Instagram, go to at wearecatanation. 
Gata Nation Studios for more.